Kevin, Crown Jewel 2023, what a show, what an event. Um, very newsworthy, notable event. I felt like, unlike some events we, we've seen just in recent months from WWE or just general wrestling promotions, this one, ne nearly every match had either a return or a decision you thought, oh, they, they did that, or a retirement. We'll get to that. Uh, well, not controversial, but the main event ending, Roman Reigns retains, who's surprised. Um, plenty to discuss. Pal, how you doing? I'm lovely, pal. Uh, I've had a long, uh, a long day of watching wrestling and uh, and throwing down some vodka sodas, pal. So I'm ready. I'm ready for the review, pal. That sounds fantastic. Um, I guess we'll we'll cut to the chase right away. Um, I just want to ask you, just your your just overall opinion. So you watched this show, as did I. Um, what was your like feeling coming out of it? Were you just were you like, oh my god, the best thing I've ever seen? That was on part of WrestleMania 17. Were you thinking, OMG, <laughs> this is as bad as 74-year-old Ric Flair getting a multi-year contract in AEW to promote an energy drink no one's heard of? Was it that level or was it somewhere in between? Um yeah, it was certainly somewhere in between that. Yeah. It, it was certainly uh not as great as WrestleMania 17. And certainly not as subpar as Ric Flair signing a multi-year, multi-million dollar contract with Tony Khan's wrestling fed in AEW. So, yeah, th this show was clear in the middle of that somewhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I would say overall, this show was average. I, I don't think it was a bad show. It wasn't a good show. It was the show, as Joanne Oai would say. So, yeah, that, overall, that's... I just took away, like, it, it was just there. It was three hours yeah. or, what, like, no, like, four and a half hours of wrestling by the end after entrances and all that. Um, it was like a, a SmackDown or a Raw on steroids. It, it, it wasn't really, like, a, a PLE-worthy show, in my opinion. Like, I know some people are loving everything that WWE does right now, but I, I just wasn't in particularly blown away by any one thing. This show may be memorable for that retirement that you hinted at, which is uh, of John Cena. Some people think John Cena may never wrestle again after this uh, yeah. this show. That's probably what this show will be known for. This could be known as one of two other things in regards to LA Knight. This could be A, the peak of LA Knight, or B, the beginning of LA Knight, the main eventer. So those those uh, three questions, I guess, remain to be seen. Yeah, uh, yeah. to build on that, this was not a bad show by any means. Um, I just want to say that it was a quite a watchable show. Um, I did most of the watch along with Brian, who, you know, will know that comment and be responding in the premiere and all that. It was good. It was an enjoyable, watchable show. Um, there, there weren't too many things I thought, oh, WTF, what's this? Uh, there weren't too many things I thought, oh my God, yes, oh my God. Um, it was somewhere in the middle, uh, generally feeling neutral to good, yeah. Like when I, when I look back on Crown Jewel 2023 at year's end, of you somewhere in the middle of the PLEs, uh, with relation to WWE 2023, does Crown Jewel compare to WrestleMania 39, particularly Night One, Elimination Chamber, Backlash? No, yeah. it, it's it's a tier below that. Some would argue a tier below. Uh, this was somewhere, you know, I thought this was better than say Payback. some of the recent events, um, the ones in the previous months, the sort of your fast lanes, particularly fast lane. Sort of on par with Payback. Well, Payback was actually pretty decent. Some good matches there. I thought this was around where SummerSlam was. Um, SummerSlam was a bit of its own. Anyway, point being here, Kevin, I don't know, pal. We'll just cut to the chase with the first match because I think this show is particularly a lot. It was a lot of this, a lot of roller coaster. Some, you know, some highs, some lows. Let's just kick it off. Kevin, Michael Cole told us that this is the hottest ticket in the world. Tickets sold out in two hours. Forget 
weekend concerts in Australia where tickets sell out in 30 seconds. Forget that, pal. This Saudi show is the hottest ticket in the world. So, Kevin, kick us off. Where do you want to begin with this breakdown, pal? Well, before we talk about the opening match, which was Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre, I want to say this. It was a breath of fresh air to not have Corey Graves on commentary. Having Wade Barrett on commentary was like, thank you, Jesus. Like, thank you, JBL, the wrestling god. You've heard our prayers. Yeah. It was great. Honestly, it was great just to hear anyone else besides um, Corey Graves. Like, Wade Barrett's actually pretty good, I think. I think Barrett and Cole are a pretty good commentary tandem. What do you think? I totally agree. Like, Wade says enough. Like, Corey, no, I won't say oversteps because he's not that edgy, but some of the things he says, you just go, it's just not needed, is it? It's just, you know, over the top or just, it doesn't, it feels out of place. And yeah, and Kevin, you can know how I think of examples of this. Our listeners can probably think of examples of this where you listen to Corey Graves and you go, huh? What's he on about? But whereas Wade Barrett, it flows well. Uh, is he Pat McAfee? Not quite, but is he. Closer to Pat McAfee than Corey Graves. Hell yeah. So it was, it was actually fairly pleasant listening to commentary. The one any points in the night where I thought, oh, God, I need to mute this show, as I thought in previous years and previous events with some of the commentary teams. So, yeah, there's a tick out of the box. Right away, Kevin, as, as you said in the Discord, half a mark extra. Half a point extra for this show because no Corey Graves. Yeah, literally whatever out of 10 you want to rate this show, just add an extra half to that yep. for the simple fact that Corey Graves is not there. So yeah, so that's the Corey Graves effect, pal. All right, so now let's talk about Seth Rollins versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. Really the biggest thing that I took away. Go ahead. I was just going to say, before you go, you're probably going to say this as well. I love how they presented Drew McIntyre, or in the video packages at least, like how they presented this match. When Drew's sitting in the empty performance center, having like PTSD flashbacks of 2020, they're showing video packages from 2020, then 2021, and him losing at Clash of the Castle. Drew's story is such a, such an interesting one, especially when they present it in like a WWE, you know, three minutes of non-stop quality video package. Um, I thought this was some of WWE's best stuff from a, a video production standpoint. But that's me. Kevin, your thoughts? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the production and, and the storytelling and I, I mean, the video packages for this uh, for the show overall were pretty good. We're pretty solid, you know, except for one match that notably didn't have one. Which uh, I can't wait to bring that back. But so, I want to talk about this match though. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to McIntyre and Rollins, mm-hmm. like I was looking at this and I was like, mm, the World Heavyweight Championship just doesn't have that oomph to it that you know you would expect for like a major world championship. I, I don't know when that'll come, if it'll come. Like for now, it's just kind of like part of the show. Like it, it feels like maybe the Intercontinental Championship did, like, in the late 80s, early 90s, where it's just like, all right, we can give this to the guys that wrestle the best, and then the big stars will go after the Universal Championship. And when you think about it, Rollins' opponents have been just pretty good work rate guys or, like, good hands. Like, he hasn't really, to my knowledge, that I can remember, he hasn't wrestled, like, someone on, on a on a different star level tier. He didn't really defend it against the Cena or... Even like a like a Roman Reigns, like an LA Knight, or somebody like a, of charisma. It's just been like, all right, Rollins, Nakamura, get in there, have a good match, pal. Rollins, Fergal, good match, pal. It's not really a lot to care yeah. about. Like they were, they did a good job of getting you invested in McIntyre and with the whole like him reminiscing on what it was like in 2020. I feel like the time has kind of come and gone with McIntyre now. Like he's yeah. got to stop living on that 2020 run. Like 
we get it. You you won the title in front of no fans, bro. But yeah. it, it is what it is. Like it happened. It's been it's been four years now, just about. Yeah, no, I couldn't agree more. And like now, because Kevin, the fact is, as I was saying on this show, Seth Rollins began this world title run at the last Saudi show. He beat AJ Styles at the Night of Champions show at the end of May. So it's been near nearly six months. Uh, it's been a pretty decent sample size. What I will say to build on what you're saying there, Seth Rollins hasn't faced any guys who are cooking with momentum coming into the match. Now, the Nakamura thing, for instance, Nakamura wasn't on TV for like a year or two, basically. And then all of a sudden, Nakamura is feuding with Rollins. And what they did wasn't bad. Like, it was a decent storyline. They made a pretty good story out of it. And the matches were fine. But it's not an LA night, is it? It's not a Cody who's cooking with gas. It's not a Sami Zayn elimination chamber where they're steamrolling with momentum for the A title and Roman Reigns is there to be like the final boss to sort of meet them meet them halfway. It's not like that. Uh, this match, going in, I wanted Drew to win. I still like Drew. All the things we've said, yes, Roman Reigns pretty much ended him three years ago with the Your Number 2 promo. Yeah, he's he's feuded with Baron Corbin and Jinder Mahal with a sword fight in the Ganges at SummerSlam 2021. And there, there's been some other stuff. There's been a Madcap Moss storyline and... Then he was off TV for a while. There's contract disputes. He loses to Gunther. He loses a match to Sheamus. It's, he's sort of just a good mid-carder now. Let's call it like it is. He's not a main event A or A1 guy like he was in 2020, 2021. And that's okay. He's a damn good talent. He's a six foot five beast Scotsman. He's just a cool wrestler. When he comes out, you think, oh, damn, regardless. So um, this match is match of the night. I want to say that. I love this match, um, especially the opener. First match of the night. Yes, there was a kickoff match of Sami Zayn and JD McDonough, one of the trash men, whatever. Crowd loved it. Sami Zayn was involved. Cool. But Kevin, this was match of the night. Crowd loved it. It was 20-odd minutes. Really good back and forth. Some of the moves were genuinely impressive. There were, there were no real botches. I mean, there was maybe one little moment where you thought, oh, but outside of that, very well-worked match. Two absolute professionals, both near and 40 years old. So these guys cooked, to use the, the, the lingo online, pal. Um, some of the counters were great. You got like a stomp getting, you know, put into a claymore and you got moves where Rollins goes spinning. Oh, McIntyre misses him. Claymore. Like it was a well-worked match. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Uh, do you want to know my initial response to Rollins winning, pal, and the ending they did? Uh, claymore off the Miss Phoenix splash. BS kick out. Um, basically what happened, Kevin, the ending of this match Seth Rollins, he hits his two big moves. He hits his finishes. He does the stomp. Then he kind of collapses and holds his back. It felt, it was only like five seconds. It felt like 15 seconds or 20 seconds. In my eyes watching it. It felt like a Triple H, Booker T, WrestleMania 19. Seth Rollins hits his stomp, collapses on the ground, holding his back. And then he's holding his back. Then he's holding his back. Drew's just lying there. He's just lying there the whole time. Then eventually Rollins pins him. And I was like, Drew's done. Drew, this is the end of Drew McIntyre. I mean, that was like 10 seconds. And then Drew's shoulders, Drew's shoulders were up during the count. His shoulders were up. I don't know. Anyway, so Kevin, that's my reaction. Um, I said a lot there. Anything else on this match, pal? Yeah, I want to say one thing about the like the movesets. And I want to pose a question to you. Mm-hmm. So there was a particular sequence where, you know, Seth Rollins, he does the superplex, then he follows it up with the Falcon Arrow. Mm-hmm. So this time, you know, Drew McIntyre reverses it. It just hits a regular suplex. And I'm thinking about this, and I'm just like, does the superplex not mean anything anymore? Like, I remember when I was growing up watching wrestling, 
you know, like if Triple H hit Chris Jericho with a superplex, like Jericho would be dead for like a minute and a half. You know, Triple H would be off at Starbucks buying coffee and then would come back and pin him like an hour later. You know, it was just like it was an intense move. Now it's just like the superplex. Oh, wait, here's another suplex there, pal. And then another reversal. Yeah. Well, Kevin, I, I think everyone wants to be the Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels from WrestleMania 25. Everyone wants to be Omega versus Okada in a 65-minute match with a million kickouts and neck bumps. And everyone wants, like, that move, as you say, the logistics of it, Kevin, you just explain it to someone. You're on the top rope, so you're in the highest possible rope. You're standing there. The guy grabs your head, and you get thrown literally the other side of the ring, slammed on the ground on the mat. It should incapacitate you, really, like you're saying, but... No, McIntyre was like, nah, bitch, and then just suplexed him. And just, pal, I have McIntyre another was... question for you. Yeah, go for it. Uh, did go Triple H's creative team give us a, a storyline reason why Seth Rollins has an injured back? Did, did he get jumped? Did, like, somebody run him over with a car? Like, Kevin, now, some people, someone in the chat or in the comments might respond to this and be like, no, Jimmy, you're wrong here. My interpretation from what I'm keeping up with, nothing was mentioned of Rollins' back in the Balor feud, Nakamura shows up, kicks Rollins in the back and goes, Seth, uh, I know about your back injury from 2019. <laughs> I'm going to exploit that in our match. And then Nakamura was just beating up his back for like two pay-per-view matches. And now Seth Rollins has like fractured vertebrae like he's Shawn Michaels at SummerSlam 2002. Now, now, Shawn, now Seth Rollins is like incapacitated every second move with his back. Where are they going with this? I don't know, Kevin. How many pay-per-views is Seth Rollins going to face a upper mid-card, good hand, have a sore back. You think he's going to lose because of the sore back, or you think Damien Priest will cash in because of the sore back. Nothing happens. Rollins retains. On to the next Raw. Well, at least Damien Priest did come out after this match. Sure. Like, he, he actually yes. remembered that he has the Money in the Bank briefcase. Yes. So that was nice of him. Uh, he made his presence felt, and then Sami Zayn just interrupted and stole the briefcase and got jumped to the crowd and got mauled by Saudi children, which I'm not going to comment on. But um, yeah, that was an unpredictable moment. I did not expect to see Sami Zayn in the crowd in Saudi Arabia, just having children just running up on him. Kevin, Never saw that coming. I don't need to call that. Your description of that is egregious, pal. Sami Zayn stole the briefcase off Priest. He just, he was in the crowd. A bunch of the fans like, oh, it's Sami, it's Sami. Then Sami got chased away swamped, mauled by Saudi children. That's a, that's such an elite hate, elite hate bit of commentary. But yeah, um, overall, as I said, I thought this match of the night. I rate this yeah. match quite highly, um, genuinely speaking. Like, you watch this match, it's 22 minutes or 20 minutes long-ish around there. Not really any faults with it. It was entertaining right the way through. Crowd was into it. So the World Heavyweight title, Rollins versus McIntyre. I don't know what much more you could want. I gave this four and a half stars. This is my match of the night. Um, it wasn't a five-star match. It wasn't near that, but four and a half. It was a damn good match. So if you missed any the whole show, this is the match to watch. Um, the rest of the matches we'll get to. But yeah, this yeah. is the match. Yeah, I agree. It was match of the night. I give it four and a quarter. Yeah, um, yeah I want to take the next match, pal. I, I got this one. All right, so this is the uh, the women's fatal five-way match. Oh, JT's dying, pal. Choke it on water, pal. Oh. <laughs> I'm choking like the 2016 Warriors. Wow, I love that. Yeah, I carry on. Uh, choking like uh, Cody Rhodes at the WrestleMania no, 39 right. main event. That's that's a low boy, pal. I started thinking about Ray Ripley's entrance at the Saudis. I just had to start coughing. <laughs> yeah, so we yeah. got the uh, the women's five way match. Ray Ripley, 
Raquel Gonzalez, uh, Zoe Stark, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler. And I, I mean, I, this match was so riveting. You know, it was what, a 10 minute contest. I've got, let's see, one, two, three, four. I got 10, like 10 notes on this, just 10 oh, bullet wow. points. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, yeah. So, no, literally what I have in my notes is too long. Next. That's all I got. So, really? I got nothing. Yeah, I got that. That's all I got for this. Kevin, the main takeaway from this was Rhea Ripley's entrance. So, basically, all the other four women come out. The, the who's who of the, the raw women's division or what's left of it come out. You're thinking, whatever, who cares? And then all of a sudden, this like drony music's playing. You're, you're hearing this stuff. The lighting's green. There's mist. And you've got these just Saudi men walking out with some cups. Like each Saudi man has a cup. This is my interpretation. There's definitely names for these things. This is just how I viewed it. They're walking out making like a guard of honor almost. I'm thinking, what, what are we watching here? What is going on? And then Rhea Ripley comes out with the, the big pyro show, the big, you know, the attire, which I said this in the Night of Champions one six months ago. Rhea Ripley looks better in that attire than a regular ring gear. It just fits the character better. Nonetheless, she's coming out. I'm like, oh my God, Kevin. We've literally got like 15 Saudi men holding cups as Rhea Ripley comes out. That is, besides WrestleMania, Kevin, with Rey Mysterio's entrance, Dominic's entrance, Cody's entrance, Roman's entrance. WrestleMania entrances aside, Logan Paul, all that. Those entrances are so special because WrestleMania. This was my favorite entrance of the year that wasn't a WrestleMania entrance. Something they're in Saudi Arabia. They got all the Saudi Arabians with the cups. Rhea Ripley comes out, pal. The greatest Australian wrestler of all time. Gonna probably be main eventing elimination chamber against hopefully Becky Lynch. We'll see. Uh nonetheless, Kevin, the match went way too long. Uh your, yeah. your notes were correct. Um, th this is botchy as well. Within yeah. the first 30 seconds, Zoe Stark. I think she was going for a cover or whatever she did, she botched it badly. It looks sloppy as. Um, after the first match, which was very well worked, two absolute professionals, Rollins, McIntyre, very crisp, well-worked match. You get to this, eh, eh. I'm not, Kevin, I'm no in-ring technician. I'm not Shawn Michaels. I'm not Seth Rollins. I'm not Brett the Hitman Hart. I'm not going to comment and nail them on this because I can't do probably much better myself, but this was sloppy to watch. Every 30 seconds, you're going, oh, mm. can I wrap this up already? Oh, God, oh, Nia, oh. Oh, Raquel, no, oh, land on the head. Oh, no, oh, the botched cover, oh. That's, that's what it felt like watching it. And, Kevin, it went for, what, 11 minutes, 10 minutes, something like that? Yeah, like Which, 11 minutes, yeah. 11 minutes, but it felt like 30 minutes. It just felt like it dragged on and on and on. I don't know. That's all I have on this. I don't want to say any more, pal. That's enough. Yeah, I, I just want to bring into question Paul Levesque's ethics here. Why? Why was Nia Jax brought back? I, I like. I don't know what WWE's like. All the executives, all the scouts. What did they observe throughout Nia Jax's first run that made them go, "Oh, we need her back. That's a valuable piece of the women's division, pal." Yeah. And I don't understand the point. Like, why have a fatal five-way match? Like, isn't the whole women's evolution like? Isn't that supposed to be like? Oh, it's one-on-one -on -one women's matches, better characters. And now this is like 2012 all over again, where it's like, all right, you, 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 get out there, go do whatever, so mm -hmm. kill each other, and then we'll have an eight minute match. You know, if if we if we need to cut time, we're shaving this match off first. And yeah, yeah that's all I got, pal. And one more thing before we move on, 
women's women's division WA is very top heavy. You've got some big heavy hitters: Rhea Ripley, Becky Lynch, Jade. You know, I guess you could say Charlotte or whatever, and like Bianca Belair. Some, but the, below that, there's a big glut of nothing, and that's what we saw in this match. Rhea Ripley won. The finish was cool. I'll give a, a big shout out to the finish. Yeah. Um, that was creative. That was cool. I was watching it, thinking, "Oh my god, when will this end?" I was literally saying this to Brian: "Just end this match already." Put me out of my misery. End this. And then the finish, I was like, oh, damn. Ayo. That's a W. Um, but nonetheless, 1.5 stars out of five. Cool finish. Rest of the match felt like I was torturing myself. Uh, let's move on. Yeah. Let's talk uh, John Felix Anthony Cena versus Solo Sokoa. Do you want to address the WWE Saudi Arabia airline commercial first? Or Not yet. Just- Not yet. We can save that for the end. I'll, I'll do a quick, like, three-minute bit on the yeah. propaganda that was littered throughout this show. <laughs> Same as the car. Sorry, God, I interrupt you. Yeah, yeah. so what... Uh, I, I think I'll, I'll leave this up to you. What do you have to say? How are you feeling, pal? Like, when you watched John Cena get decimated by Solo Sokoa 2014 Brock Lesnar style at SummerSlam? Hmm. So, Kevin, I'll, I'll just give you... just I'll tell the listeners, this is going into your headphones, your ears... You're watching, you're just consuming this. This is how Jimmy JTE felt watching this. The match is going along fine. I just assumed Cena would win because Kevin, in the promos for weeks, he's been saying, I haven't won a singles match in five years. This is the most important match to me. I'm putting this on the agenda. I just need to win this match. This is the most important match of my last like decade, basically. Cena put it on the agenda. He got cooked by Theory at WrestleMania. That was embarrassment. This, he just needs to win this match. Uh, the match was back and forth for a while, and then they get to the finish with the Samoan spike thing, and so Sokoa spikes him, and then he does it again, and again, again, so he's done like four spikes, Cena's laid dead on the ground, I'm thinking, what's going on right now? What's happening? Where are they going with this? Then Sokoa grabs Cena, Kevin, and hits like 17 million spikes in a row, just spikes him, Spikes him, spikes him, while the Saudi prince's Bitcoin stocks go up. Just spiking, spiking, spiking. And Cena's just dead, and he got pinned. Kevin? So, Solo Sokoa, uh, double beauty's Thanasis onto the Kumpo, who's only in there because of his family connections. He's only where he is because who he knows. Uh, He just beats Cena and probably retires him. Uh, Judging by Cena's career trajectory, the fact he hasn't won a singles match in five years, his diminishing role, the fact that he'll be off to Hollywood and what they did after this match, Kevin. Cena's in the ring. He's like, not crying, but he's like clearly emotional. Michael Cole stands up and does the Michael Cole clap where he goes like this. You can see Michael Cole, Wade Barrett's clapping like a normal person like that. Michael Cole does his like Cole claps. Cole claps. Like this. Cole claps (laughs) nonetheless. Everyone's a standing ovation, Kevin. Cena retires off into the sunset. No more Cena. Solo Sokoa's retired him. Cena's done. Cena, Michael Cole goes, and for my money, this is the absolute, the greatest of all time. He's really harping on that. I left that as Cena walked off, Kevin, and we'll get your ruthless opinion in a moment. I said out loud, what the F was that? What did we just watch there? (laughs) What What has Paul Levesque just done? Okay, Maybe John Felix Anthony Cena, the human, wanted to put over Sokoa. And if that's the case, shout out to Cena. Cool, I guess. Why even bring up this five-year losing streak to begin with? Kevin, John Cena can't be a credible wrestler in any match going forward. 
after the theory WrestleMania debacle, which was just embarrassing, where a theory just destroyed him in 12 minutes, basically, all through the cheating. And then this, where he had like 15 Samoan spikes hit against him by a, a literal legitimate mid-carder, Solo Sokoa, who's been beaten by Jay Uso, Cody. Sokoa's been beaten a bunch in the last few months, and he just decimated Cena. So, Kevin, where Cena sits nowadays, he's done. Can Cena be a marquee talent at WrestleMania 40? Or pal, it's Cena versus X. Why should we care? Cena hasn't won a match in five years. He's been decimated. This was clearly a retirement. This was a send-off, Kevin. Solo Sokoa's retired John Cena the same way Baron Corbin retired Kurt Angle. I would argue Sokoa retiring Cena is worse. All right? That's just me. This, I'm not a fan. Kevin, maybe I'm being too negative. Maybe I'm overreacting. Kevin, give us the real point of view, pal. What were your ruthless opinions? Yeah, I, I think you might be a tad bit negative on this. I think this is a, a moment that we have to let play out. You know, we have to let it marinate. We got to give it time. Solo Sokoa has been around for what, like a year now? Roughly, like... Bit over a year. Yeah, like, like... Possible, yeah. Yeah, like, what, 13 months, 14 months? Uh -huh. And within that 13, 14 months, he's now beaten John Cena clean and has seemingly retired him. But we have seen this before with Cena. We've seen Cena leave his armbands and his hat and his shirt in the ring. I don't remember what match that was. Was that No Mercy 2017 after Roman beat him? One of these matches he's lost, but Kevin, just one more thing before you carry on. Our, one of our great loyals, Ishan, mentioned this in a comment um, recently in our Crown Jewel preview for this show about Cena and why he needs to win because in kayfabe, just purely kayfabe, you can't just lose match after match after match after match. Like look, when he lost to Theory, that was the bad one because it's Theory. We've seen what's happened with him since. I don't know how much this means for Sokoa, I guess. You know, if he, he's beaten Cena, cool. I don't know, Kevin. Carry on, carry on, carry on. Well, here's the thing. I'll address a theory thing for a moment. Mm -hmm. That was like Cena realizing, oh, wow, okay, this guy is not good. He doesn't care about wrestling. And, and he's not on my level, so we have to cut time. Like, they were given, like, 25 minutes or whatever, if you believe the rumors. So it was a little bit different. Um, that was probably, like, a favorite of Vince McMahon, you know? With mm. Solo Sokoa, this was seemingly a guy that Cena wanted to put over. You know, Cena could have really cooked him in his promo uh, the night prior on SmackDown. Mm. He could have really cooked him. Like, what he said was like, it was like, oh, ooh, burn. You know, I, I forgot the, the line now that Cena used. Like, he, call, he basically called him like a rip-off bargain basement Taz, essentially. Right, yeah, exactly. It was like, oh, you're and only he, here He has year. a job because of his cousin, and he's a bargain basement Taz. And with a raspy voice, he said that. That's, that was the promo. Yeah, like, he could have cooked him even more. You know, so he clearly wanted to put over Solo Sokoa. I have a lot of stock in Solo Sokoa. I think he's a guy that's going to be a, a pillar of WWE going forward. But this is a moment here, like, this is a lot for a guy like Solo Sokoa who's not really yeah. a developed character. Yeah. He's not really had a chance to stand on his own. He doesn't cut promos. He's, for the most part, he's been Roman's cousin that just hangs out with him. Mm. Like, this is a big spot, a lot of pressure. It's a make or break moment for Solo. Honestly, like he was he's given this privilege of beating Cena clean and not just beating him, but decimating him. He squashed him, really. Like it, it was competitive, yeah, for like eight minutes. But then the last like five minutes, it just devolved into a squash match. Cena just looked like this old guy that was being put down by the young stud, basically. So I don't know. I, I do think this is a big move. I, I, I would hope that this is not like a short sighted booking where it's just like the next morning on Raw when Triple H and 
Shawn Michaels and everybody's in the back writing the shows for next week. They just like, like I hope they don't pretend that it just didn't happen, and they just move on and continue yeah. to book Solo as like a guy that doesn't really matter. Like I hope there's some thought behind this. Maybe mm. we get like Solo gets a boost. Like you know he goes after uh, Roman next. Maybe maybe he's like all right, I just beat John Cena now I can be Roman. Like that doesn't need to happen like instantly this Friday. Yeah. But I I think logically he'd have to come after Roman next, right? I, I, I guess. And I mean, Kevin, you, you said this in our Discord chat. I, I was going to follow up. When it comes to Sokoa now, he's going to eventually feud with Roman. That's just the, the writing's on the wall with that. How early that happens, who knows? What Solo does, who knows? All I can say is this as of what day is it now? November 5th on Sunday for me. It's late Saturday night for you, November 4th. I'm not sold on Solo Sokoa still. I, I still don't. Yeah, I know he's associated with Roman. He's got Heyman around him. They've given him all the pieces, all the tools so far in the year and a bit. He's been main events of Raw, SmackDown, and he's held up. Like, you know, I haven't thought, oh, God, here he sucks. I'm turning it off. I've watched it. I'm not, like, sold. Like, I don't feel the same thing towards Sakura as I did towards Umaga. Like, he had a real presence to me. Like, Sakura has a presence. Like, you notice him on the screen. He's doing this. He's, like, an enforcer. But Umaga had a real intimidation, like a real sort of, he had that extra level to him, my opinion at least. Um, I guess another comparison, I guess Rikishi, he was around the main event sort of level. Was he ever The Rock? Of course not. Sokoa is not Roman Reigns. He isn't. Um, I, I just view him, he's a good upper mid-card sort of talent. That's solo Sokoa. Promo-wise, he's not there to talk. That's Heyman's job. In the ring, he's okay. He's Samoans. I guess he'll be in the main event because of that. But yeah, that's Sokoa. I don't know if I'm being harsh. He's probably an amazing human. I, he's probably the best person in the locker room. I have no doubt in my mind. But just from the on-screen side of it, I'm not sold. And now he's dismantling John Cena, the greatest of all time or one of them, and ending his career, it seems. And it's like, oh, okay, I guess. Yeah, they have to start doing double time from a booking standpoint with Solo. Yeah. They, have to, they have to make him catch up to, as like from a presentation, from a character standpoint. From a credibility standpoint, they got to do a lot of catching up to make this like this move of beating Cena the way yeah. he did justifiable. Yeah, um, yeah, he definitely needs some tweaks to like his entrance, you know, theme music. Like, mm. you know, he needs more of a presentation as a singles yeah. guy now. But we'll see what they do going forward. It's something that we gotta we gotta let it develop. I think he's gonna be a major player come the Royal Rumble. Um, I think they I mean they were already teasing tension between him and Roman, and I think they're gonna start yeah. stepping on the gas with that. Maybe that's like a SummerSlam main event. Who knows? Yeah, I don't know. But I, I do think I do see big things for Solo, but I think this is something for now. We got to let it play out. Yeah, 100%. 100%. So hopefully, once again, I can prove wrong. Um, I'm happy to be proved wrong. Uh, unlike some podcasters and YouTube creators in the wrestling community, I'll happily be proved wrong. Hopefully the talent does a good job like LA Knight did and proves me wrong particularly. Um, that That's awesome for the business yeah. and good for everyone involved. So, Kevin, that being said... I, I want to say one more thing. Yeah. And we got to yeah. give credit, too, to WWE for trying to build a new star. Hey, this mm. was something that probably would never happen yeah. under the Vince McMahon era. You know, well, Kevin, okay, in AEW, you'd have Ric Flair promoting energy drinks, Jeff Jarrett, Paul White's knees. At least, yeah, 100%, 100%. For everything I just said there was the color, at least they're trying. I cannot fault them for trying. I, I cannot. So, shout out Paul Levesque at the stove, Tony Khan. Why are you signing Ric Flair on multi-year deals, you clown? Carry on. All right, now, pal, let's talk about this. The most must-see talk show in WWE history. 
So I have here Miz TV segment with Grayson Waller and Saudi celebrity. As a bullet point underneath that, I have three letters. I D K. That's all I got. That's all I got in my notes. Like I'm watching this and I'm scratching my head. I'm like, okay, um, Miz is here. Miz gets a baby face reaction. Cool. All right. Then uh, a big time Saudi celebrity comes out. Fair enough. I don't know the culture. I don't know who he is, but this is clearly for the home crowd. Okay, cool. Now, when Grayson Waller gets involved is when I'm like, hmm. Hmm. Why is he out here? Like, he comes out. He's making fun of The Miz. And then I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Like, we, you and I were talking about Grayson Waller. Like, he could be a, a nice, like, mid-card guy. Like, he could have a good career as a wrestler. And after this moment, after this segment, I take away that he's just going to be a comedy relief guy. Like, I, I don't think that WWE sees any big plans for him. Like, he took a people's elbow from this celebrity. I, I mean, we don't even know his name. Yeah. Um, uh, Ib- Ibrahim Al-Hajjaj. Yeah, Ibra- Ibrahim Al-Hajjaj. He takes yeah. a people's elbow from Mr. Ibrahim. He gets, uh, he gets beat up by The Miz. And uh, I'm, I'm looking at this, and I was like, WTF, like, what is... Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the, the, the reality is that Grayson Waller, Double Beauty views him as their next Miz, as their next talk show host. He's just there to spur some drama. Maybe there'll be a conflict on his show. Maybe he'll just get beaten up. I mean, we've seen this with The Miz hundreds of times. You know, ex-wrestler, ex-celebrity, ex-person goes on Miz TV, either beats up Miz or beats up someone or calls someone out. I don't know, Kevin, this was a bit... I mean, I liked it because Grayson Waller was involved, but then I saw what they ended up doing with it. I was like, ooh, I don't know about that. Ibrahim Al-Hajjaj was spent, I'm not kidding, 25 seconds with his, like, thing tying it up. He was, like, tying his thing. I don't know the exact name. I don't want to offend anyone by saying it incorrectly. He's trying to tie this up and then he eventually he stands there over Grayson Waller's dead body for 20 minutes and then does the people's elbow and you know Kevin on a scale of like the Miz getting a people's elbow from Snoop Dogg at Wrestlemania on the the, the spectrum this wasn't as bad as that but it wasn't great it was a bit odd I mean the Saudi <laughs> crowd loved it it's got a great reaction actually um the little back and forth Ibrahim Al-Hajjaj cooking Grayson Waller saying the Miz TV is a better talk show my guess is they wanted to get this big celebrity on the show for obviously the local audience, the, the local community, the, the, the region, 100%. That's awesome. Uh, they had the Miz's name for Miz TV, and they were going, what do we do? How do we do that? Uh, then they were just like, Grayson Waller, you're reliable. We'll put you on, and you can just work the crowd. So, yeah, it is what it is. I have nothing more to say, really. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Rey Mysterio versus Logan Paul for the U.S. title. Wait, let's look at our predictions real quick. Okay, so... We both predicted Rollins would win, right? Yes. We both predicted Rhea, Rhea Ripley would win. I predicted Solo would win. You had Cena. So I'm three for yep. three so far. Okay. Yep. And yeah, we both predicted Logan Paul. Mm-hmm. So, hmm. I'm, I'm a perfect four for four, pal. But even, yeah. though, even though the Cena thing was the wrong decision. Well, anyway, um, this match, Kevin, I'll, I'll give a quick mm-hmm. reaction. I'll pass to you because, Kevin, once again, Rey Mysterio is your guy. Uh, I, I'm not claiming to be a Logan Paul guy. I think Logan Paul's a, a human scumbag, but that's a whole separate matter. Uh, as far as the in-ring, what we got, um, this match took a while to click. Um, I don't know what I expected from this match. Maybe I expected a bit much. Uh, the first 10 minutes of this match, a bit slower. Rey Mysterio does some of his 
you know, classic Ray Mysterio moves sporadically. Logan Paul sort of in control, beating him down for a bit. You know, working the match, working the match. Eventually, it speeds up a bit towards the end, Kevin. There's shenanigans. There's bull fluff involved. Logan Paul's PR guy or someone in his team gets involved. As Michael Cole called him, a goof. A goof. Uh, was that guy involved in the crypto, crypto zoo scam pump and dump, which robbed hundreds and thousands of people of ultimately millions of dollars all for Logan Paul's personal financial gain. Was he involved in that? I don't know. Allegedly. Uh, this all being said, Kevin, I'm just going to pass to you. What do you think? This is your boy, Ray Mysterio, US title match, crown jewel. What's your ruthless analysis? Uh, I had on my notes here. I wrote, the match was a little boring. Like, it, it just, I thought it would be faster paced. Like, I really did. Like, it, it was like, you got these two guys that are high flyers, they're lightweights, you know, super athletic. And it felt like they were, like, just chain wrestling for a few minutes. Like, it, it just felt like it took a while to get this match off the ground. Um, so there was some good stuff here from Logan Paul. The, the fall away, some, uh, the fall, yeah, the fall away slam somersault off the top turnbuckle. That was impressive. Uh, the moment where he caught Rey Mysterio and saved him from a severe head injury. Yeah, that was also really good. Showed good, like, veteran-like entering poise from Logan Paul. Those are some of the highlights. Um, other than that, not too much from the highlight standpoint. Like, I really liked <laughs> Logan Paul after he won the match. He just goes up to Ray and he's like, oh, I love you, man. You're one of the best, man. And Ray's like, you cheated. He's like, ah, I won fair and square, bro. <laughs> like, it's just, Logan Paul's giving is just like, He's a Chad, for lack of a better term. Just a meathead. Just like an idiot. Just like, yeah, yeah, bro. Come on, bro. Yeah. Let's go get a beer, bro. Yeah. And it works. It works. Like, Logan Paul can do that. Theory can't. Like, no one knows. Like, Theory is a similar thing. It doesn't click for him. Logan can just do that. That's Logan Paul. Like, he has the name built up from his own social media and his own presence and all that. Uh, The ending for this was just fascinating. I mean, it was similar to the Ricochet ending at SummerSlam. Uh, this time, it actually made a bit more sense. Get Santos involved, and he's storming away, chasing the goon. Santos puts the brass knuckles on the ring apron right in front of Logan Paul. Hmm, interesting move. And then within a minute, Rey Mysterio had been defeated because of the brass knuckles. So that was interesting. I'm sure that there should be some storyline follow-up there. If I was Rey Mysterio, I'd be like, WTF, you clown. What was that? Uh, so we'll see whether Rey gets annoyed. Um, as you hinted at, first half of the match, I was thinking stylistically do these guys have any chemistry like maybe there's just a clash in styles somehow uh it worked out well they they clicked more later in the match so yeah i gave it three and a half stars good match can't really complain good stuff yeah it was fine it was like a like a three three and a half yeah it was a good solid match yeah. um i mean it, it's like logan winnings i guess is good for wwe's pr he could go on impulsive and flash the u.s championship around and he can have like some mid Carter on there. He can have Ricochet back on, and Ricochet can challenge Lo- for, uh, Logan Paul for the U.S. title on an episode of Impulsive. They can do some stuff mm-hmm. like that. You know, it won't be Ricochet, but someone of that nature. Good. And okay, Kevin, this is the sort of impact a move like this has. So, a friend of mine who I mean used to watch like years ago, be- barely follows wrestling now, sends me this. So this was a, I mean, two and a bit hours ago. So obviously after Crown Jewel. Just sends this message. I wasn't. I didn't mention Crown Jewel. I didn't mention wrestling. I haven't mentioned wrestling for months. This is what he sends me. Logan Paul won a title. WTF. So people are aware of this. People like Logan Paul, WWE. 
this friend of mine who's just knows barely anything about wrestling. All he knows about wrestling is that Roman Reigns has been championed for like five years, and it's just it's becoming hard to watch because he won't lose the title. That's all he knows. He sends Logan Paul won a title. WTF? People are talking about this. This this circulates. People talking about WWE because it's Logan Paul. So there you go. There you have it. Yeah, that's it, pal. Uh, yeah. So then we have Bianca Belair versus Io Sky. Hmm. Yeah. So what, what did you think about this match? Like, I mean, I I didn't think it was like a bad match per se. A lot of people are gonna be talking about the ending, the big return, the big return of Kyrie Sane, pal. You know, Kyrie Sane, Io Sky, they turn on Bailey. Oh no, Bailey's a babyface now, and Asuka, and who knows? Like, I, I, it was, it was interesting from that standpoint. But I mean, like, oh, I want to say this too about Bianca Belair's uh, interview pre-match. It, it came off like really like a 1980s, like just horny, overproduced backstage interview of like mr perfect or something like that she's playing all the hits you know i'm the best i'm i'm this i'm that you know and i'm like i i wanted to cringe i don't know it's just the lack of content there and the lack of effort that's put into the the women's division it's just so staggering it's like in your face you know yeah well can i guess going forward one thing i will say just to be 100 percent clear i thought the match was so it wasn't a bad match. It was a solid match. And I think it's a good thing that with with Kyrie back, they're doing this thing with AO. Hopefully that means the main event of this women's division isn't just Charlotte Flair coming out saying, I'm the queen. I want a match at the next pay-per-view. That's the positive. Yeah. But they're doing something because it's been for years. It's literally been, oh, Charlotte's just involved. Okay. Am I making lunch now? Am I cooking up something? Am I going to the bathroom? What am I doing to not watch Charlotte? So there's that uh the thing i will say kevin which this became clear in the last three matches of the night this was a recurring theme um regarding the booking from triple h now i i understand that when you've got factions involved on the heel side obviously they're going to get involved in the pay-per-view match to try and cost the baby face i get it it's wrestling 101 something about this where this match with bianca belair and neo sky had it the cody match with priest had it the main event roman and la knight had it you've got heel interference in this match kevin Let, let's keep it to eos sky and bianca belair bailey's running in all right you had was dakota involved specifically tonight or not i don't recall mm. usually dakota is generally but it was definitely bailey out there tonight there's a distraction here here's Kyrie saying just when you think bianca belair is fought off one wave of reinforcements. Here's another interfering heel wrestler. Oh, it's Kyrie Sane, which, cool, she's back. Um, hopefully she stays far away from Nia Jax in this return run. Uh, but yeah, you know, wave of wave of heel reinforcements to stop the baby face. I'm like, maybe I'm so soured on this because of WrestleMania 39's main event. I'm just done with this. It, it's just constant. And it, it, maybe because it's, it's how Roman Reigns wrestles every match. We see it with the Judgment Day. We see it with Damage Control. We see it with the Bloodline. What I will say about Gunther, which is why I do like him, he is a heel who just wins matches. He doesn't need Imperium running in, interfering with the referee, messing around. Gunther just wins, which I respect quite a bit because, I mean, this match, we'll stay on this, Kevin, before we move on. A lot of interference. EO eventually wins after distractions. Kyrie Sane, Bailey. 
EO is involved again. Bailey, Kyrie saying EO, Bailey, EO, Kyrie. Eventually, EO's won. Okay. Great. No one can win clean anymore besides Gunther, it seems. Sure. Yeah, there's there no go. real heat in a match like this. Like, I'm not like, oh, no, I want to see Bianca Belair get her win. I want to yeah. see her get her comeuppance. Like, I just... It's just cut and dry. I'm yeah. just, like, like anticlimactic. Not much to yeah. it. Um, yeah, so then we had Cody versus Damian Priest. The crowd was super into this. Yes. This this match uh, brought the crowd alive. Cody, he's the biggest star in the company right now. He's got the most momentum. He's the hottest thing going. Yeah, it's clear that he's got to win the championship, right? At WrestleMania 40, like if Cody doesn't win the championship at WrestleMania 40 for Roman Reigns, that's a travesty of injustice. And yeah, I, that's all I can say about that. But yeah. the match itself, like this match, was very similar to Cody versus Dominic. I, I had a hard time really getting invested in this. It, it was just a Cody match for the sake of having Cody on the show, which is great. Like, that's good for me. Get Cody on the show. Let him and Damian Priest do some spots. It wasn't really anything that I saw that I was like, wow, that was a good spot. Or like, oh, wow, okay, yeah. I, I'm gripped. Like, I'm interested in the, in the finish. Like, there wasn't really, like, a false finish or anything that really had me on the edge of my seat. Not, not really, uh, I don't know. It was just, like, uh, maybe, like, a three-star, three-and-a-quarter. What, what did you think? I 100% agree with the fact I'm happy Cody's on the show. This this is your biggest star. Yeah. He This is the guy who's main eventing like six live events a week. He barely sees his family. He's never home. He's on every... Kevin, this is this is the star. Um, in my eyes, out, outside of the official formalities of it, he ended Roman Reigns' run at 945 days at WrestleMania 39. This is the world champion. This is the star of 2023. This is the world champ. Uh, this match was... Jason, I mean, a bit of, not a cold match, but Cody's been feuding on Judgment Day and been involved with that for months and months. It's not like the most fresh match, but good on him. Uh, Priest lost again. Kevin, on your opinion on Priest here, because, look, the fact of the matter is, is he going to successfully cash in realistically? Do you think he'll successfully cash in to win the world championship? Do you believe that? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. I, I want to know in the chat or in comments, what people think, because I don't believe Priest will cash in successfully. My feeling is he's got the money in the bank to keep him relevant, keep him so you're thinking about Damian Priest, keep you know your thought on him. Because I can honestly say Priest holds that title or the so the money in the bank, it's valid for 12 months. He'll hold it like 10 or 11 months. He'll hold it to after next WrestleMania because it keeps him in your mind. You don't just forget about Priest and you have him as irrelevant. You keep thinking of Priest. I think that's all it's there for with Priest, to be honest. Um, Cody won with three crossroads, solid match. You know, it was a raw, raw sort of, set, you know, opening of the third hour match. Cody wins. Awesome. I love seeing Cody. He's, he's the, the face of the company. Uh, in my eyes, he's had a 216 day universal title run at this stage. Um, he's held it since WrestleMania. That's just my view. Um, I don't count the tribal fraud and everything involving him and, you know, the babysitting Samoan. I don't count him. Cody's 216 days in his world title run, Kevin. Love to see it. Absolutely, pal. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> oh man yeah anything else you want to say before we move on to the next match to the main kevin, event kevin do you want to do the main event and then the, the saudi commercial or do no you want to do the let, saudi let's commercial do the propaganda let's do the propaganda first mm, all right yeah. so yeah so we have this yeah. the uh the saudi airlines commercial right we gotta take the glasses yeah. off for this one i'm watching this and i'm like hmm this is so ironic like that we're seeing wwe promoting 
how great like the travel is in Saudi Arabia. Like there's a huge, there's a huge elephant in the room. Like how could people forget that five years ago there were like what AJ Styles missed a SmackDown and all these wrestlers John Cena I don't know about John Cena but Vince McMahon and like all these wrestlers eighty percent of the roster missed SmackDown. Not that NXT job is on the show. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because of, like, I don't know what happened. I'm not even going to say what people think happened. Yeah. But there was a, a plane that did not get off the ground for hours upon hours from Saudi Arabia to bring the wrestlers back to America. And then I think uh, somebody, I think it was AJ Styles, did some damage control. It was like, yeah, we were not afraid for our lives, bro. My wife was totally fine. I was updating her constantly. So, but man, this was like... Wow, and then there was the commercial with the uh, with LA Knight like hanging out with Saudi Arabian children and Bianca Belair, and I was just like, like you're listening to, like Byron Saxon talk about how great Saudi Arabia is and how big of a destination it is, and I'm just thinking like, okay, one, what like what average person like you and me we're watching this right, like are we gonna go like think okay oh I gotta go to Saudi Arabia now because I've seen this commercial because I saw Byron Saxton say how great the restaurants are in Saudi Arabia. And I saw Bianca Belair talk about how much she loves the nightlife. Like, can we even go to Saudi Arabia? How much is Saudi Arabia? It's probably super expensive. Like, I just don't understand the point of this. Like, it's clearly just propaganda. So the world could be like, oh, yeah, Saudi Arabia is not that bad. And then they're like, yeah, we're bringing WWE, UFC, golf, basketball. You know, Ronaldo's here, pal. Phil Mickelson. Like, F1's coming here. Like, I I don't know. Okay, cool. I'm glad you're having all these sporting events in your region. I, I, it doesn't really affect me or my life. Like, Kevin, I will say this. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, there, there were really two commercials with this. The first one was the egregious one. Uh, this came right after the, the Rhea Ripley women's match. Um, that was the one about the airlines. About It, it was Riyadh Season Airlines was the... The specific name was Riyadh Season. I'm glad you wrote it down. I'm I'm naming and shaming who was involved in this. Drew McIntyre, LA Knight, Bailey, and Bianca Belair. Uh, I wrote praising Saudi aircraft for two minutes. Ironic is what I wrote down. Very ironic. Uh, It was very interesting. Um, From memory, I don't Belair wouldn't have been involved in the 2019 debacle. That's all. That's all I'll call it. I'm not going to say what happened. Everyone knows what happened which led to NXT invading SmackDown, which is quite a good show. Um, and when, when I said NXT job, as I meant people like Leo Rush. Anyway, I guess LA Knight, yeah, LA Knight wasn't involved in that incident, nor was Bianca Belair. I think, was Bailey Probably not, because I didn't think in 2019 they were sending the entire women's roster over to Saudi. That wouldn't have made sense. No. I think Drew, Drew maybe, maybe Drew was involved in that. So I guess these wrestlers are just oblivious to what happened. Um, but it came off tone deaf and odd. I was watching it. I'm listening to LA Knight telling me how great the aircraft is now. Bianca Belair was, it felt like she was just in her own home having room service. And Bailey was saying how the experience was great on the airline. And Drew McIntyre was like, you know, it's great that they can house the, the Scotsman like that and give me a, a first class flight. Like, I was, I was just sitting there going, what am I watching? What is this? Did Nick Khan watch this and think, yeah, this will justify our $50 million payout? the Saudis are going to give us. I don't know. It was weird. It was tone deaf and odd. Not the end of the world, just odd. It, made, it, it raised my eyebrow, powered to people's eyebrow watching this. Main event time. Let's move on. Yes, sir. All right. Roman yeah. Reigns versus LA Knight. Yeah. Yeah. For the WWE Universal Championship, pal. The hot mustard belt. Yeah. 
So th this had a this had a big fight feel. Mm. I'll say that right off the bat. I I'll kick it to you, pal. I was gonna say, yeah. I was, did you want to carry on that? Oh, this is the second best match of the night. Uh, this wasn't as good as McIntyre and Rollins. I'm not gonna give this four and a half stars, but it was entertaining. Um, LA Knight proved you could hang at main event level, I guess, which is the main thing. Um, realistically speaking, as much as I'd like I mean, anyone to beat Roman at this point, I'm just over it personally. Uh, LA Knight was not never gonna win. He put on a good show. Um, a lot of the stuff, particularly for me, I find that well, those boo yay or boo yeah, like how they do that for minutes on end. LA Knight hits a big move, the crowd pops, yeah, like that sort of stuff is great. Like the crowd's super invested. And in my opinion, a main eventer, a good one, consistently can make the crowd engage. They are constantly, the crowd is into what they're doing. There aren't big lulls. There aren't big spots of, eh, who cares? And LA Knight was, the crowd was into this. This had the big fight feel. LA Knight came out. So many of those signs saying, yeah, that was awesome. That was an amazing visual for this show. Uh, Roman came out. Your Michael Cole yelling, the third longest championship reign of all time behind Bruno Sammartino and Hulk Hogan. I'm like, well, yeah, but it's all because of backstage politics at WrestleMania 39 oh, involving Paul Levesque and Nick Khan. This is a 945-day reign. Stop it. Stop it. Kevin, this reign stop ended it. at 945 days. He's oh, done nothing since. Gosh. He sat on his couch. Liati, Joseph, and Hawaii, the Samoan babysitter in oh, Pensacola, Florida. That's all he is. Enough, anyway, enough. Kevin, I gave this match 3.75 or four stars. I, I gave it four. It. Yeah. Um, obviously, it's a Roman Reigns match. So, Kevin, you can tell us how it played out as far as an ending. But, you know, good match. I, I can't say anything else outside of that. I liked LA Knight's role in this. I thought he was fantastic. Um, hopefully, he stays around in the main event or up, up mid-card level because uh, he, he should be. He, just, he gets the crowd so involved. He deserves to be at that level. Uh, but yeah, Kevin, break it down for us. Talk to us. Yeah, this match certainly has a case to be made for match of the night. I still think Rollins and McIntyre etched him out, but this one was really good. I thought they yeah. had really good chemistry. They really clicked. LA Knight showed out. LA Knight showed that he can go. Uh, now, after Roman Reigns called him a redneck version of The Rock <laughs> yesterday on SmackDown, that's all I can see now. Like, like I'm, I'm watching LA Knight do, like, his version where he's, like, uh, of the people's elbow where he's, like, L.A. Knight, yeah. And then he runs in and does his elbow. And I'm, like, wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're not really hiding that one. Like, he's literally yeah. just, like, a, a white guy version of The Rock. Like, literally, you know, like, hmm, okay. It, it just kind of hit me, like, after hearing Roman say it, you know, like, like we knew it. Yeah. Like, we, were, we knew, like, okay, he's kind of, like, a cosplay of the Attitude Era. But then I saw him do the elbow, and I'm, like, hmm. At least, because LA Knight is so over and everything like that, that's okay. It's sort of just like Roman just saying it. It's nowhere near the Drew McIntyre from 2020 where right. he literally just said it and then said it and doubled down and tripled down and it ended Drew's career. So, yeah. Uh, I, I um, alluded to more like the, the Young Bucks thing, where the Young Bucks, mm. they kind of got famous for doing like the suck it and, you yeah, know, like... Yeah. like like the super kids, yeah. they they became just parodies of wrestlers. Could LA Knight go down that same path? Like, what I guess what I'm trying to say is, how sustainable is LA Knight the act? Like, if he does hit it big, and he has, I mean, he's main evented against Roman Reigns now. He's a top merchandise seller. Is it something that's sustainable for like a three to five year type of run, or does does he have a short window? I don't know. It's interesting, but I got to give it to the guy. 
I mean, he's he, literally, I don't think anybody thought he'd be in this position even six months ago, eight months ago, last year. Yeah. He got fired from WWE once. He spent most of his prime in, in TNA. And he's here now, main eventing in Saudi Arabia in front of the Saudi Prince Pal. Yeah. And then, the yeah, back to the match. Good back and forth. You know, LA Knight got the better of him for a little bit. He hit his finisher. We got a good false finish. A classic three and nine or two and nine tenths kick out from Roman Reigns. Classic Roman Reigns style false finish. And then Jimmy Uso comes out. And he's like, wait, oh, putting Roman's foot on the rope. Oh, got to hide from the ref. LA Knight hey. sees him. And then LA Knight goes to beat up uh, Jimmy destroys him puts him through the announce table boom roman turns around hits la knight with the spear through the barricade put him in the ring spear one two three roman reigns has his hot mustard gold title belt he's got paul Heyman there got jimmy and here we are roman reigns has ended yet another ple as a champion Rumor has it he's not going to be at Survivor Series. Rumor has it he's not going to be performing until the Royal Rumble. We don't know. Oh, wow. Who knows? Woo! Kevin, he's wrestled seven matches all year. <laughs> and he's appeared, and it's not like he's appeared every week. Like, an MJF, for instance, is there every week, and he, he wrestles in, like, big-time matches. He, I don't know. I could hop on this. You, everyone knows my opinion on this. He needs to show up more, or at least if he's not going to show up because maybe there's no one to work with or you want to water him down, do cool, memorable, engaging, funny segments. Have Roman Reigns chilling at his pool with his belt. He's got his universal belt, his WWE belt, his hot mustard belt. There's pool waitresses. There's Paul Heyman's there giving him a drink. He's there just like shows at the pool chilling. He's like recounting his, his successes. Oh, I remember, hey, Paul, remember I beat Montez Ford? Remember I beat that clown riddle? Remember I did this? Remember I did that? Show video packages, have him strutting around Florida, being like the guy, being the tribal chief. Maybe do a, a segment where him at Thanksgiving, he's at the Samoan family dinner table at Thanksgiving, and he's barking orders as the head of the table. If you're not going to have him wrestle or do anything, give us memorable stuff. Because, Kevin, Roman is so good when he's on TV. He's so, like, just memeable, but things are memorable. Like, he'll do things, he'll have facial expressions, he'll say things, just like that redneck version of my cousin line. Things happen. So we need to see Roman more. We need to see segments, anything. Be creative. This is a once-in-a-generation sort of run. Capture more from it. Because eventually, probably WrestleMania 40, he'll lose to Cody. If he beats Cody again, he'll lose to Sokoa probably at SummerSlam. And it'll be over. So if you're going to end it, at least get as much juice as you can. Don't get to the end of the run having him, oh, Roman beat LA Knight in this case. Oh, well, we're not going to see him until, oh, he might, he might return, the world champion returning mm -hmm. on a SmackDown in a month. Cool. Oh, pal, pal, it's January 14th. Roman returns to SmackDown. I don't know. I don't know. That's all. Get more juice out of the Roman Reigns orange before it's fully squeezed. Carry on. Pal, what if Roman just never lost? Like, he just... He just kept going, and he just wins WrestleMania after WrestleMania after WrestleMania until he's like 43. And it's just Bruno San Martino all over again. Kevin, Bruno San Martino, I mean, I ranked him 10 all-time, and you had him somewhere similar, 8th, Yeah, old. I had him 8th, yeah. Yeah. It's completely different just era of life. Like, that was like 60 years ago. What you could get away with then, him main eventing, one MSG show a month, winning a match with a bear hug, 
and then coming back the next month and doing the same thing because it was a special circus attraction that's what wrestling was it was very like oh my god i can say it now in a 24 7 cycle you can't get away you can't do that so there you go if roman never loses I mean, he's already derailed Cody at WrestleMania in a match Cody should have won, and he's been LA Knight and crushed his momentum. So who knows, Kevin? Who knows? He's going to beat Sakari. Kevin's going to beat Cody in the rematch. Finish the story. What story, pal? Jo Roman Reigns exists, pal. Solo Sakoa, ha! I'm going to beat you too. Who else? Bron Breaker in a year and a half? Beat him. I don't know. I don't know. He's never going to lose, I guess. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, here's an elite take teaser. I'm going to ask yep. this, uh, this question here for you, pal. Yeah. Have we seen the peak of L.A. Knight? Hmm. Has Roman Reigns successfully killed the career of Eli Drake, pal? Was that his name? Was that his name, Eli Drake? Yeah. That was, right? Yeah. Eli Drake, yeah. What was his other name, NXT? Can't his other name. Yeah, didn't he go by something else in his NXT run? Let me see. Hold on. I'm going to pull it up. Mark Carter's going to be screaming at us through the screen and through his audio platform right now. Yeah. But okay. like, I'm going to pull it up. Hold on. Go ahead. Yeah. But just generally, um, positive note, once again, because, you know, I've turned this into a negative because, of course. Uh, but no, good match. Fun main event. Uh, Kevin, once again, just to recap, overall. Oh, he was Max story, Dupree in NXT. Yes. yes the, 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 what were they called? The Millionaire or the Million Dollar Blonde Boys or what, what was their the, thing? The Millionaire Boys Club? The Millionaire Boys Club, like that, that, like what? Okay, um, sure. That that sounds like the club Tony Khan runs with Ric Flair, where they promote energy drinks. I guess I don't know. Uh, Kevin, I'll just close this out for you um, and get your final takes. Your your final late take, pal. Uh, what do you, Kevin, Wrestling Uncovered, who's going to be releasing a scathing documentary soon? Oh yeah. What, what do soon. you give this show, Crown Jewel? What's your out of ten rating for this event? Well, I had it at a six, uh, like just based on um, everything yeah. that I saw. So when you subtract Corey Graves, I got to give it a six and a half just for yeah. that alone. Strictly Corey Graves, I'd be in there, give it a six and a half. Uh, it, you know, it's not a show that I'll probably go back and rewatch anytime soon. I could definitely see myself rewatching that Roman Reigns and LA Knight match. And that's probably it. Maybe Rollins and McIntyre, but I don't think I'm going to be going back anytime soon. Fire yeah. it up the old Peacock pal and uh, watch it back to show it full. That has no ring to it at all. Firing up the Peacock. <laughs> like, because Kevin, you know, back in the day, firing up the DVR, firing up the DVDs, going to the, the, the network, firing up the network, pal. Firing up the Peacock. That sounds like animal cruelty. Nonetheless, Kevin... <laughs> Um, my overall rating, I'm giving the show a seven. Um, I thought overall the start and the end, like those matches, like the pillar matches of this show, very good on the whole, you know, don't have much to complain about on either end. Uh, the stuff in the middle, there was enough stuff to keep me engaged and invested, which is all the, really the middle of the show needs. Um, be that Rhea Ripley's entrance, that Saudi commercial, we do roast it, but I found that I was watching and going, oh my God, what are they doing? What are they saying? LA Knight loves Saudi Arabian aircraft. Okay, sure. And then you get to the other matches in the middle of the show. Yeah, the Cena thing. However that goes, whatever plays out, who knows? But I was reacting. I was invested, which is the big one. I'd rather feel something when I'm watching a show, which is really a big one. Um, so I was invested in that. The Grayson Waller thing. I love Grayson Waller, so I was invested in that. 
the Bianca Belair AO Sky match. It's fine, you know. And Cody, I was invested there because I'm a big fan of Cody. So yeah, I thought it was a seven. Solid event, and Corey Graves wasn't on there. So maybe a seven and a half. Maybe that's a bit high. I don't know. I'll, I'll say it was a seven, but you could say seven and a half because you don't have to listen to Corey Graves. Uh, also, Michael Cole, when Cena locked in a, a cross face and he was screaming, STF, STF, Cena's not the STF. That's not the STF. If you're going to call your goat and a match from your goat, know what his moves are, Cole. Seriously. Anyway, that's all. Oh, and I, I got a, I got flashbacks to like 2014 Michael Cole when he was asking Wade Barrett, like, wait, wait, will you walk me through what's going through the mind of LA Knight as he's walking down the ramp to face John Cena? I mean, you were there. You faced John Cena once in a big match at SummerSlam. I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting flashbacks to yeah. to an era of WWE that I, I don't like thinking about very yeah. often. <laughs> yeah, and then Cole mentioned JBL's big match John thing. I was like, oh, my God. Remember... JBL, it was big match, John Michael. And then it was, you build a WWE superstar from the ground up. It looked just like Randy Orton Michael. It was those two. Every freaking three minutes for years, we'd hear that. It was and, unbelievable. And he he, he sprinkled in a, sto- a stooge comment to Cole. Oh, my God. It was just, yeah, you stooge. I remember the, I'm getting PTSD flashbacks now, Kevin. I'm visualizing this on the wall in front of me. It's the 2013 Royal Rumble. The Shield have clearly interfered in Punk vs. The Rock. The lights are out. You're hearing Cole and JBL yelling, It was the Shield! It was the Shield! Shut it, you stooge! Like, I'm just, I'm getting flashbacks. Nonetheless, I think that's everything. Um, We'll do, do an elite take later this week. Peace. Peace.